Welcome to the Healing While Black podcast, where we believe it's possible and necessary for Black people to heal, thrive, and celebrate our lives in the face of injustice. We'll highlight the often unheard voices and perspectives of Black people on a range of topics that impact our lives. I'm Misty. And I'm Kiana. And we're two Black women therapists with real lives trying to heal while Black and figure it all out too. Thanks for joining us. You ready? Mm-hmm. Hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Today, we're excited to open up this series about the intersection of Black people, healing, and farming. In this episode, we'll focus on ways farming can and has contributed to the healing and well-being of the Black community. And to do this, we're highlighting two Black women farmers, Dr. Shameen Castor and Camille Hall from Eco City Farms Growing Urban Farms and Farmers Program. Eco City Farms Growing Urban Farms and Farmers Program is a seven-month-long training program designed to help aspiring, new, or urban-beginning farmers learn about farming from the ground up. The program uses a culturally appropriate curriculum that incorporates everything from hands-on experiences to mentoring, to crop production, to business administrative skills, and much more. Upon completing the program, graduates earn a certificate of urban commercial agriculture and continuing education credits. And today we welcome Dr. Shameen and Camille. They will share with us about what brought them into farming and their thoughts around the significance of we as Black people engaging with the land for sustenance, community healing, and overall well-being. Let's get into it. Okay, thank you ladies for joining us today. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought your interest into farming? Okay, uh, I'm Shimen Castor, and I'm a registered dietitian by trade and a professor educator by way of Haiti. So my grandfather was a farmer and uh, acquired quite a bit of land farming, and always had this. Um, and I've and I've seen some of the stuff that he he's grown, and some of the things he used to do with the food is that uh, December the thirtieth to the second, he would give a lot of it to the community. He said that if you start the year. Uh, with eating, the rest of the year is going to be okay. So from that, I grew the passion for wanting to look at food uh, from a different perspective. So I went into dietetic, became a dietitian and got into health education. So the whole concept of getting into farming and looking at food as medicine is so that way I could use food to help some of the health conditions that I've seen in the community. And I know that, you know, issues like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, liver failure, all these things that of one out of three black women or black men are suffering with, or these things are this condition that we could actually cure. I'm not saying uh, minimize the same thing. I'm saying cure. If we change the way we eat, we are eating food that's not healthy for us, that's causing us disease in our body. And I am passionate about trying to do something about it. So that is why I got started getting into farming, looking at from the farm to the table, how can we use some of that information, some of the food, healthy food, not processed, healthy food to really do some, to really improve the health, to really change the trajectory of our health in the community. Awesome. That's amazing. I love that. I love yeah. that. I love that. Food is medicine. Yeah. 
my name is Camille Hall. I um, am originally from Silver Spring, Maryland, and just moved back to the area after living in New York for about 11 years. Um, and I think for me, it was kind of like a slow grind. You know, you like get an idea in your head and you let it sit in the back of your head for like a year or two. Um, and then COVID happened. And I was kind of um, confronted with the the choice, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have the choice to say, do I want to stay in New York or, you know, what part of me feels good about going home? So um, going home felt best. So I did. I came back to the area. And I think more so than food for me, it's really about land and in particular how um, Black folks obtain land or are restricted from obtaining land. Um, and if, you know, if we have the land, what are we going to do with it? I'm someone who loves art and there's a, there's quite a few spaces in upstate New York where like art on land is this sort of like day experience. And I became pretty obsessed with that. We have one here in Maryland, but I never really saw a place like that sort of dedicated to black folks. And to me being outside and on land and amongst nature um, felt really good to me. So farming just became an avenue in which to sort of, um, to sort of continue down that down that journey, I I kind of think about it as like farm farming felt like a language I need to learn. Uh, is how this like how best I can describe it and where I'm at with it right now. So oh, I love I that. Love That's so yeah. yeah. It is Camille with all the work that we all the things we language we're learning about it. Understanding soil mm-hmm. acid and all that stuff. Oh my yeah, it is a new language. So yeah. that is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do when I work with my clients a lot, I emphasize the importance of connecting with the land, getting mm-hmm. outside. There is such healing and power in being in nature. I think that mm-hmm. is such an important factor that we may we may not pay enough attention to. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I and I love how your focus is on black folks reconnecting with the land, right? Because we have a really trying history with land, especially in this country, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I, I I love that and definitely want to highlight that um, somehow here. Yeah. And part of it um, is that a lot of, of our communities, African-American that acquire land in the uh, 1900s and even in the late 1800s, after the take care of the land and manage it effectively, mm-hmm. Without all the technology they have, they were, it was taken from them. And they've done all kind of um, maneuvering activities, such as increasing their taxes and uh, making all these rules of what they could mm-hmm. do, what they cannot do for the land. I'm reading this right. great book on education and laboratory uh, education. And one of the comments that was made was that they created the whole concept of like Tuskegee, uh, A&M uh, University, so that they could teach them about agriculture. When we master the art of agriculture, what do they do? They come and take the land or gentrification. Look at DC. Mm-hmm. It was uh, an area that was created so that way Black could escape the racism, but now they're gentrifying it, trying to take it over, increasing price of housing to a point where communities that are living there cannot afford it, cannot afford the taxes. So then we are, you know, we had that always, always have to come up with a way to maintain or to sustain what belongs to us. Because you have um, a system that's created to keep you at a position where you don't have, you don't want to own land. 
Um, so now I'm part of this group of about 50,000 farm, black farmers on Facebook. Mm. And mm. that is all about, you know, what are you doing to acquire land? What are you doing mm. to buy land? And as mm-hmm. somebody that's in the process trying to get a piece of land, I'm encountering all kinds of barriers, such as you can't get a loan if you are buying it for agriculture for certain banks, right? Mm. But you could get a loan. So then you have all these barriers that they're putting in place. And then that you can't change residential to agriculture. So it has to start with agriculture that happened to have residentials. So these are all the things that we don't know. So then, so those are some of the I'm seeing. And as a result of that, I'm finding myself learning the language of farming, learning the nuances associated with, with farming and some of the barriers that our community have to encounter to even own their own land, to even own what belongs to them. Um, you know, no, don't forget the Native American, how they're also mm-hmm. right. to fight to maintain. Absolutely. Um, yeah, to maintain, yeah. be able to, per- as a matter of fact, I read somewhere where some Native American have tried to purchase back land that were wow. taken from them. Right. So, and so it's all this right. stuff that we're encountering that we mm-hmm. need to, it's a different fight, right? Yeah. Not only are we fighting for the Very land, but we cultivate it mm-hmm. to improve the health. You know, it's that fight, this continuous fight that we in the community have to always fight for everything that we have. So, um, Dr. Shamin, that that is so poignant. That was actually one of our questions mm-hmm. was what were some of the barriers you encounter encounter as a black farmer or someone looking to acquire a space to do that? So thank you for highlighting yeah. those points. I was going to say, I think that's the. You know, as much of the language of farming as we're learning, if I don't have mm-hmm. language to practice that, it it, right. it is, you know, kind of impossible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to that point, though, as Black folks have done forever, you do the best with what you got, you know? Right. I, think, yep. Um, yep. I think as many small steps as we can take to get to growing our own food, even just understanding, like, I can't grow everything, you know, but right. maybe I can grow my tomatoes. Maybe I can mm-hmm. grow my flowers. I think the idea of, like, starting small has mm-hmm. uh, been really helpful for me in this process. Because I think, first, you have all these ideas. And you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get all the things right now. But you're not. And so it's easier to be. I keep um, saying it's like a, a sixth grade science project. Like, trying to learn. Like, trying to learn how to <laughs> Yeah. And trying to get seeds started. So yeah, I think um right. it's quite an experience. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I and I think what you say about starting small is important, especially for folks who, you know, would like Kiana said, you know, she's always had this interest in in engaging with the land, but in small ways. Like, like what are some ways that everyday people can engage uh with farming or, or have some of the benefits of growing their own food um and, and starting small you know, is, is an important way. And that, I mean, that's, we're going to do another episode specifically, you know, tied to that, like how everyday folks can engage with this. Um, but thank you for, for also, you know, highlighting that. And yeah. I like the fact that Camille says starting small, cause I'm the opposite. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I am truly my father's child. He said, if you can't go big, don't go. Don't go <laughs> in my mind, I want back what was taken from me. So I, I'm going to need that, uh, that hundred acres. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And a mule just one? Nah. Yeah. Right. You, know, yeah, I, I, you can keep your mule, but I want, I want my right. land. You want the my land. My father used to say that, you know, 
when uh, when I talk about wanting a farm, they said, well, how many acres do you want? A couple? And I'm like, wait, no, I want a hundred acres. What you talking about? I want whatever. I want land, land. I want <laughs> and they're looking at me like, why do you want so much? I said, I got niece, I got nephews. They all need a, a, a couple of acres. What, what do you mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep the vision that I have, but I've always been one that's bad. We have big, audacious dream. I, mm-hmm. I want to think small about the farm and I want to think about half an acre to get started. And I know that I could produce about a ton of food, a ton of food in one mm-hmm. acre of land. But mm-hmm. my heart has not reconciled with one acre, y'all. I'm just letting you know. Me, <laughs> right. My heart is like, OK, I'm going to need that 100 acres. I'll start with 30, but I'm going to need some 10, 15 right. acres to, to do what is it that the vision that I have in mind. Right. Having the students, the kids come to practice uh, learning how to cook or learning how to use farm or learning how to plant the herbs. And I'm not talking about uh, fruits. I'm just talking about vegetables. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm Camille. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to backtrack with the small, but for the past seven years, since I've been looking for him, my mind has not reconciled with that. That it was never the <laughs> point was to uh, squash dreams. Cause I have big, right. <laughs> I just mean in order to get started. I know. Right? right. And you know what? So interesting, Camille, I feel you a hundred percent. That's kind of the spirit. It's so funny. Misty is more like Dr. Shameen. I'm more like, like Misty is like, let's go. And I'm like, yes, let's go. I'm with it. But I need to know how to do it on this scale. Yeah, like I want to get on a big scale, right? (laughs) I want to, I I need to feel like, I need to feel like I've learned the language, right? So I will, so once I get there and and I'm talking to all (laughs) of these acres, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I feel like I know the importance. We're going to learn the language on the way. Come on, come on. Right, right. But what we all have, but I still own that 100 acres. Right. But what we all have in common though, I think is the, dream and drive for the same goal right we mm-hmm. all want what is ours right we yeah. all want what is ours and we all want to be able to sustain it yeah. right so I, that's what makes black folks so amazing right we all for the most part want that goal we just got so many different ways to get there and we need all the different ways mm-hmm. to get there yes. i love us i do too <laughs> I, I, do I, I just want us to come together you know um, if we are able to come together as strong as a fist, like um, I believe it's w, um, Booker T. Washington that said it, um, Marcus Garvey. And if mm-hmm. we are able to do that, we'll do significant for the community. So for me, when I think about 100 acres, I'm thinking about my legacy. My, mm-hmm. uh, my, I'm thinking yes. about my son. I'm thinking about my nephews. I'm thinking about them because I could buy, I could have 100 acres with the clause that you can't sell it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I could start with five acres to clean it up and get it ready, but I'm going to need you to take the vision to the next. Our vision, our dreams is never for ourselves alone. It's the, the people that that's going ahead of us. Cause I know my grandfather instilling in me mm. a certain vision that he was able to, I mean, in a given year at the end of the year, 30, I'm talking about from December 30th to, uh, to the 2nd of January, feeding over 300 people. That's significant. And we're not giving you food for three days. That's significant. So that's that's where I'm coming from. Yes. So, And the other thing is I have a need. One out of three black women have diabetes and one out of three, five, four black men have hypertension mm. and diabetes. I don't know if you noticed the uh, dialysis centers are popping right, left and right. Black men are in those dialysis chair at the age of 45. I have, I need, we need, I need 
Mm-hmm. I need to do something. If I could get one of you off the dialysis chair, one of those mm-hmm. you off those medica- uh, medication, I've done my part. The yeah. only difference <laughs> is I know I said one, but I'm going to go ahead and aim for <laughs> a thousand. Let's go. <laughs> Go Let's big. Go. Right. It's, I think one in a thousand, you know, it's the same impact. I mean, yeah, yes. you know, essentially <laughs> like that one. Now that family really has right. an understanding about it's how to not, eat. Mm-hmm. They respect that. And that spreads so far. I mean, and, I think, I think right. one in a thousand is we're doing we're doing all the same. We're doing the work <laughs> in, the, in, in the same way that you talk about to come together as a fist, remembering mm-hmm. what brings us together as a fist is these five different fingers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we need the big dreamers. We need the people to, to know how to do the smaller things. We need the people in between. We need the helpers. We need, we need all of it. It's not yeah. one is more important. It's, it's all important to make that fist yeah, so you punch them in the face. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And we could do it and and synchronize. We could synchronize it. We could do it in harmony. We could flow together as long as we understand, like, what is it that we're doing? We just do not have to do it all the same way. But as Mm -hmm. long as we're considering the the ultimate goal. I read a great book about a crucial conversation. In chapter four, the author talked about what is the outcome? What is it that you want? So um, with Camille doing art and, and, and look at land from an art perspective, my son could learn. He could use the rest of the acre to incorporate some of that um, mm. in, the, in the process. So um, the whole idea is we don't have to be at art. We could do it. Uh, we could flow together in a way that's going to bring, remind us that what our ancestors did to get here, they were able to work together and the only way they survived was able to come together. And now we are at a position where we're so disjointed, sadly mm-hmm. disjointed, right. and that we have to come together and agree to, hey, you saw a small Camille, great. I'm going to send my son over there to help you. And mm-hmm. I'm going to come help you because I could, um, um, somebody else will come help me. So that's mm-hmm. the way I think that we could do it in a way that's effective um, and together uh, for yes. each other for the purpose of healing the, our, our community. Oh, hell. Absolutely. Yeah. One last point. The whole point of this is to help us heal as a Black community. But I think one thing that's also important is to honor our ancestors, right? Mm -hmm. I do all this fighting. I do all this moving forward for myself, my son, for everyone, my family that's connected, but also to honor my great, my grandmother that had to work threefold mm-hmm. jobs and Absolutely. deal with different things and my ancestors that suffered in ways I could never imagine, right? Absolutely. To honor them yep. in in mm-hmm. our everyday movement, I think is so also so important. Absolutely. And, and my grandfather did that. He showed me his finger one day and took my hand and was like, oh, we have the same type of hand because he's he has, you know, his hand is all crooked and my soul is mine. And he said, so that means that I've left something in you so you could leave it for the next person. So mm-hmm. everything I, I and, and I and I have to share this in my in the island. When we do something, the first thing they'll say, aren't you such and such daughter? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so I have to remember that whatever it is that I'm doing, whatever decision that I'm making, whatever behavior that I'm exhibiting. It's. It's that I'm representing the people that, that are left behind and I need to, like, in other words, straighten out, like straighten myself out, like get it together because the, <laughs> the people that work, uh, put you here will not expect you to behave in such a way where you disgrace their name. So every time somebody says, 
Once you saw such and such daughter, and I'm like, my father passed. Yeah. Mm. So then and I, it, it helped me to remember that even that though that he passed away like seven years, still connected. At the same time, they'll remember mm. what he used to be. And my grandfather, right him, thing, what, they used to mm-hmm. what is yeah. it that you're doing to continue this legacy? Exactly. So I find myself yeah. and my sister competing to do service <laughs> in the community because we want to honor his name. So my father would just simply say, don't act a fool in the street. Yeah, right. <laughs> Remember whose daughter you are. So don't, don't do it. And that, yeah. you know, as funny as that is, and I know where he's coming from with that to your point, Dr. Caster, it's just, you know, <laughs> just remember that everything you do is part of a thread. Mm-hmm. So be it your family or your community, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, you are always representing others those that love you and have cared for you and you know those that you love and care for so absolutely and and I think it's important to remember the folks that we come from and our ancestors because we're also carrying the legacy of all of their hard work right so so some of this is about like honoring them because of who they were and, and you know what they offered us but so much of this is also about just carrying that work forward, right? Like, and, and doing, right? Like they created these opportunities so that we can now do some things better, right? And do yeah, and do yeah. more, right? And that and that's really important in, in thinking about how we honor our ancestors and the folks that came before us. But sadly enough, though, if you kind of look at what we're seeing in the culture right now, there's a disconnect and the mental health is so real in relationship mm-hmm. to how we are, we are so disconnected to who we are and whose we are, that mm-hmm. our behavior is not exhibiting the, the the legacy. But at the same time, I was like, okay, somewhere along the line that we we miss a step and how can we go back? And that's why I, how I went back to farming as a dietitian. You know, mm-hmm. I could go continue, but let's go back to the beginning to see where I've missed a step. Mm-hmm. Look at how we could use food to help heal you mentally, mm-hmm. physically, spiritually. Because mm-hmm. we know that sugar alone operate in a brain in such a way have the same effect as cocaine, right? Mm-hmm. When you decided to take yourself off sugar, it has such a power effect in the brain that you like, wait a minute. But so how about if I use food as a, in a way to help you to help remove some of the toxins from your body because it help it doesn't want to help the mind feel in a certain way to help you get yourself back together. Because if we get our mm. mind straight, if we remember the history of who we are, get our mind straight, we'll be able to change the trajectory of what we're seeing now. Mm. Somewhere along Thank the you. line, we missed a step. I, I think that's such a big conversation, right? And it really, mm. part of it goes back to the fact that we have to unlearn all the stuff that white society has taught us about yeah. ourselves, mm-hmm. how that yeah. white supremacy has sought out to define us, tell us who we are, what we need, what we don't yeah. need, what will heal us, what will make us better, make us great. That all messaging that we've all been born into this world to learn. So I, I agree with, but I also understand that everybody is on their own journey right and they got to get there (laughs) when they get there but it is important for them to see people there like you like us like people that are looking to do something different other than what is dictated to us by society Mm -hmm. I think that's part of where we begin to help change the things that make us uncomfortable or we deem as not appropriate Mm -hmm. for our culture 
Can mm. we get there now? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get that time machine. Right. We're going to get a time machine and we're just going to jump on ahead. <laughs> so I, I love us to hone in on this idea of us healing, right? As, as, a, as a people and like really what that means um, and how, you know, what are some ways that we go about doing it? Right? And this podcast is all about that, right? Like how do Black people go about healing, right? And from all different perspectives, right? We're talking about mentally and physically and com- as together as a community. And I, I think sometimes that, you know, that could look like us, you know, journeying back and understanding how historic, how we're impacted by some historical atrocities and oppression has, you know, in, in our communities, right? So really healing from historical and multi-generational trauma or, you know, healing our bodies, right, from all this toxic food that we've been, you know, putting in, right, healing ourselves um, in terms of our mental well-being, right? There's so many issues that Black folks face, um, so many ailments, right, the physical ailments as well as the mental health ailments. And so there's tons of other ways that we can talk about healing. And I was wondering if you both could share uh, from your own experience some of the ways that, that you believe connecting with the land um, or farming um, and growing can be helpful to Black people and Black communities in terms of our healing? Um, I would say, you know, there's something about being in nature, no matter the weather, (laughs) (laughs) Um, that is really quiet and peaceful and your hands are busy doing Mm -hmm. other things. And you are very much um, like mandated by the land to be focused on your task at hand. And I think that is um, in a lot of ways a privilege, if I'm being honest right now. Um, I don't think many people get the opportunity to go outside and have a purpose for being on the land in that way. I know, you know, we go to eco on Saturday mornings and I can't have my phone. I can't, you know, really be thinking about anything other than what we are being told to do at the moment. And I think, you know, that can sound like work. But frankly, my experience the last few weeks is that's been like a respite from all the other things going on. And I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm not even really thinking about me in, you know, like overthinking. I'm not in my head about all the things that probably aren't going to matter two hours from now. (laughs) So, um, I think, I think that, that like moment Mm. of presence is really what's been knocking me over the head the last couple Mm. of weeks for sure. That's awesome. I love that. That, that sounds like mindfulness. Being mm. able to be in this space, you know, if I'm a translator, it's a therapist talk. Yeah, <laughs> therapist <laughs> nerd. Um, mindfulness, <laughs> where you are completely focused and engrossed on that activity and amount of studies that uh, right. discuss the positive impacts of mindfulness, being able to get that while touching land, touching dirt, mm-hmm. uh, working in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, I want, I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I want to experience Don't it. Do that, right? And <laughs> right, you can see how, you know, black folks struggle with depression like on crazy scales, right? You know, anxiety is big, right? And so you can see how 
you know, just based on what you said, I'm like, okay, that might be a way to help soothe some of that for folks, you know, who who are struggling with that, those things. Yeah. And, you know, I think we need um, to normalize getting help um, Mm -hmm. because that's one of the things that we're not very good as black folks um, to do. It's okay to go talk to somebody about what's going on with you. Um, So I love hiking. I, Mm I love hiking. My Ultimate is to do the whole Appalachian Trail. So, and hiking, I get a chance to see you, to hear. You get to hear the sound, right? I love the sound of water. And one of the things I like about hiking is I like to take the picture of it, the stillness of it, and just remind you of the beauty of the land. I mean, it's, it's amazing, right? And even in traveling, you see some places, you're like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And you can't, conceptualize you can't really take a good picture no matter how great your lens is to take a really good picture of how beautiful it is (laughs) so because I love hiking when I went to the farm I mean the first couple of days I'm I'm talking about 15 degrees right was that there was that time where we were lifting those tarts below freezing (laughs) yes I'm wearing two gloves and I'm covered head to toe and we're lifting up those tarts and it felt so good cleaning it up and then just to know after we clean it up something's going to grow from that and you get a chance to eat it. And then the part, the other part I really like is when you, we were doing the seedling where we're, we're planting all kind of um, seed, all the peppers, all different things. And, you know, you put it there, you know, like in a couple of weeks, you're going to yeah. see that little bud go through. And to me, mm. just the notion that of seeing something like one seed in the significance of what, like, how many tomatoes you could get out of me, pepper you could get out of that. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing to me. And it, I'm, I'm doing farming. I read it in a book and I've stuff, but just to see <laughs> it come alive, to see it, to be able to, for you to use it. And, yeah. and my mind is if I could get you guys to use it in its natural state mm-hmm. and eat it as its natural state, you get the benefit of it and you get to, it's almost like you get to clean your body and remove some all that toxin. So to me, when I see it, the seed coming out, I can't wait to see like a couple of weeks you come back you're like, Oh my God, I can't wait. I get excited. <laughs> and that excitement, we move some of that stress that you are feeling. Mm. We move some of that negative energy you are feeling that excitement and seeing the fact that something you of you planted is going to result into something you could ingest and put you in your body. That excitement helped you make feel like I can't wait to see what's next. How you going to get out of it? Mm-hmm. So we don't, it's not about money. And I know a lot of people, when we're talking about why we want to do this and mm-hmm. it was, well, you could, I'm going commercial. All I thought is I could grow a lot of food and we could <laughs> deliver it to all these families so they could eat healthy, and all the kids will come back and get to eat healthy in my mind. And, and, and so this are the excitement for me and the excitement of taking a picture of it from its beginning stage all the way to see the significance of it and until it gets to the table. That mm. is so cool to see. Yeah, that. to see that that's so beautiful, too, because, you know, we're an aid in that growing process. Like mm-hmm. I always say, you know, mom, I always think about like Mother Earth is going to Mother Earth. Like she's mm-hmm. always do what she needs to do to make mm-hmm. her work but like to be an aid in that process and like it yeah. is a benefit to us in so many ways mm. and eating is just eating that healthy thing is just one part of that benefit but like you said being able to watch it grow and that 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 sort of bliss that blissful yeah. mindfulness that you get from that mm-hmm. is just, yeah. yeah I could see how that totally will build joy right like you said you know being able to like 
focus on that, you know, the, the, the growth and just like what that does. Right. That and that's helps. why kids, kids need to be involved in that process because when they see it, they get excited as well. Mm-hmm. And they, they was like, Oh, okay. That's how, and they, they want to participate. When we did kids in the kitchen and we would give them the seed to plant and they were responsible to keep that seed until they come to class. And then we get, we show them the fruits that they're eating, the vegetables, and they'll, they'll say, Oh my God, it tastes different. The fact that it's fresh, it tastes different. It's not coming for the can. It's, it's better. And just to see that was is amazing. But the other thing I want to point out is that every time we plant something, it actually rejuvenates the earth itself. We move some of the mm-hmm. uh, toxin that's in the air because the, the earth is going to absorb it. And the fact that we're planting is going to release um, the oxygen that we need and then turn around. So in, in other words, it's a holistic process that we are part of to allow to, because no, remember when we cut down the trees, right? Because we cut down so many trees, we're causing climate change. And, but when we plant them back, we help to restore some of that. Every time we cut a tree, we actually are creating an imbalance in the ecosystem. Mm. So the whole idea of farming and getting back to the earth, what was taken, help to rejuvenate the earth, help to clean it and help us support us. That's one of the mm. scientific aspects why they're looking at using urban farming, right? Because in urban mm. farming, you actually help to cleanse the air, to remove some of that fogginess. Another example, the past two years that we were in COVID, we're still in COVID, by the way, this path to way that we're still in a, a pandemic, the fact that a lot of people weren't driving. I don't know if you noticed that the trees were greener, people were breathing better, allergies wasn't as intense. Mm. The, it's almost like there was a rejuvenating process taking place. Mm-hmm. And then that helped to restore some of the imbalance that. And then when you are eating food that are healthy, it helped to restore that imbalance within your system. Then it helped you to clear your mind. Imagine eating something healthy and continuously eating healthy. When you come to see the therapist, you're removing some of that toxin of anger or hurt that's deeply bedded in your system, mm-hmm. coupled with healthy eating. It helped put you at a space where you are, it's that healing process. Mm-hmm. For people, for people like us, African American or Haitian, Trinidadian, wherever we come from, we have been with f- over 400 years of racism and oppression. Mm-hmm. So, an opportunity to get back to the Mother Earth, to get back mm-hmm. to our culture, directly is part of that healing process. It's part of that wound that's been so kegged up that have scab all over it. In order for that wound to heal and heal well, you gotta be willing to remove that scab. It's a little painful. But to remove that scab, so when you're eating healthy and you're going to processing some of the uh, uh, racism that you encounter, all that scab is coming up and that healing process will start happening. And because oxygen is not exposed to that wound and then that helped them with the healing. And that's some of the things that I know in one aspect, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what we're seeing in our culture. In other aspect, I have hope to know that as we continue to eat healthy, as we talk about some of the things, the trauma that we've experienced, all that's gonna help remove that scab. And then when that scab and that wound is open, we'll get the opportunity to start healing ourselves, healing the community and healing our nation and healing other countries as well, other African nation that has also buy in into the shenanigans mm-hmm. of white culture. <laughs> white supremacy mm. yes yeah. it sounds like the emphasis on wholeness right everything's connected yeah. the food we put in our body helps fuel everything from our mental health to our physical health our physical mm-hmm. health is connected to our mental health our mental health is connected it's all connected it's so important for us as as black folks to understand that you can't 
touch one thing without it impacting the other. And there's mm-hmm. a significance in that that I don't know that we always highlight for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When my father passed, I told my sister that um I was I went to go see a therapist. She's like, what for? There's nothing wrong with you. You're perfectly fine. I said, I just want to really talk about the fact that I don't have a father anymore and I miss my father. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. said, you can come talk to me. I said, uh-uh, I could tell everything I need to tell her. And, and the fact that she is bound by law to keep well. She ain't going to tell said, nobody else, right? Yes, nobody else. She said, oh, maybe I should talk to somebody because the whole idea is we weren't really so, you know, he's, oh, he's 81. So he passed when he was 80 to 81. Why do we need, we need to like, let it go. And I was like, but I wasn't ready to let go. Mm-hmm. It happened so yeah. suddenly. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it. So yeah. she's like, right. So and the other thing is we need to get out of that mindset that therapy does not work. Right. Mm. Yeah. Or it's I not for us. Mindset that um, mm-hmm. let's get back to, it's okay to call a therapist to talk to them and, and process mm-hmm. some of those feelings because mm-hmm. that wholeness is part. So in that wholeness, right. To process mm-hmm. that feeling, we move to that anger and that bitterness Let's mm-hmm. add some healthy eating part of it too, because yes. what happened to anger, frustration, and bitterness, it actually caused disease in our body. And then that disease is impact our overall health. It causes us to be depressed. So it's like one of those vicious cycles that we need to get out of our mindset to, to really embrace the fact that I just met two therapists I could share with my students. <laughs> <laughs> ecosystem. Absolutely. We love ecosystems. We love ecosystems. And, yeah. And I think it's also important to talk about the healing aspect of art and being creative, right? Mm -hmm. In the way that you highlight, Camille, because I think we in our community get so caught up in the, I got to pay attention to this part and the health and the physical that we forget that our spirit needs healing and joy and connection as well. And that's where the, the mindfulness of being with the land and your ideas of bringing art to the land. I think that too is a very important, that part, the joy part of being black. We forget Mm -hmm. that that's effective in healing and necessary, right? And be able to have access to it and define what that is for us is powerful. Yeah. Um, I was reading something recently and it was like, you know, one of the most divine ways like the divine parts of you is creativity like I think that's a that's like a sure shot to divinity and feeling what right is like being creative and I think you know art is one way music is one way and I I think those are like where our brain goes first but like farming is creative you know like mm-hmm. I think we are creative and choosing an outfit in the morning that brings you mm-hmm. joy is creative mm-hmm. um yes. and I think I Growing up in this area, museums were free. Mm-hmm. And it was like, my parents were like, oh, we're going to a museum this weekend because y'all can run around here for hours and we can sit down and do what we <laughs> do. And no one's questioning it. So I grew up going to museums. Museum to this day is one of my favorite places to be um, and be around art. And just, you know, I think there's an element of art now, of course, as we're older and understanding how deep racism runs and how it is in all facets of our culture. So it's interesting now to be more discerning as an adult about what art I'm viewing and like what I'm, what joy I'm gaining from that art. Um, But I just, I love it. I'm not an artist in that way, but I love being around it. I love talking about it with other people. I love people who are creative in that way. And I just, I know I'm not the only one. 
And so if I can bring this, this, you know, this marriage of being in nature and, and having art in front of me, I'm, I'm all for it. That's kind of like where my brain is going and farming to me, like I said, just still feels creative. It feels like it's part of that process. And we all want to eat all the time. So, you know, I know I do. Absolutely. <laughs> if I can, if I can just add an element of like, oh, also the food was grown here too. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. It's mm-hmm. just it's just part of that experience. Um I I'm I love going to restaurants. And one of the things for me, like will make a bad restaurant is like if the music is bad. And sometimes <laughs> you like go into a restaurant, you're like, I don't even know if the food is good or not because like I can't pay attention. <laughs> and so when I'm thinking about this space, I'm always like, all of those things matter. Like the taste yeah, of the yeah. food, what am I hearing? Like what am I seeing? And like mm-hmm. if you can create a space where even just for a little while, people can come there and be fully immersed in that space, and that's amazing. That's one of the things, the social club that I'm part of is called Shanklin Hall. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we are just, we are just really excited about creating space for people to be, to be stimulated in all those ways, particularly Black folks to be stimulated in all that way. And even if it's just for a short period of time. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, that's where all this is sort of coming to a head. You know, it's long term, Dr. Caster. <laughs> but that is, that is that's Get into my, the big those, vision. Yeah, those are my thousand patients, you know, like that's, that's kind of where I want to go um, with all of it. But I just love the fact that I think, you know, I, I just love the idea of Black folks being stimulated joyfully in, in all of yes. this. It feels really, really good. No, I was saying that it's great to travel to African countries. And then when you go and see the kids playing and um, mm-hmm. the kids doing all kind of artistic thing. Like I watched a little boy took a soda can, right? Tore it apart and made it into a car. I was like, this kid's going to be a great engineer. <laughs> wow. so, it, exactly. it's so good to see that. Um, and I think that our children, innocence and they, the ability to create things is so phenomenal that it's just amazing to see. But next time you go and Camille to some of those restaurants, my son love eating to different places at six, right? So I'll be happy to drop him by you. I'll take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about it. Yes. I need a kid. Hey, I need me. Camille just partner. became a babysitter. Oh, <laughs> no, the boy love eating different stuff. Different, Like he tried Homer's the other day and I, I said, okay, try Homer with carrots. So he tried that celery with carrot. Like he's like, okay, I didn't really like that. I try have him do apple with peanut butter. He was like, okay, I could see that one. Try pears. He didn't like the pear with the peanut butter. So yeah, it's he's all the trying new things. So hey, that's wonderful. Listen, I'll be there too, Camille. I love it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was gonna ask you, what is your favorite restaurant in the area? Oh. Okay, I was gonna say I haven't picked a favorite yet because I haven't. I just like so many being back here that I haven't been able to try yet. But I'll I can tell you like one of my favorite spaces right now that there is a hotel called Lyle. It's on New Hampshire Avenue downtown. But it's a boutique hotel, but they have like a really good restaurant bar and lobby, like in their lobby. And it's just the music's good. It's like aesthetically pleasing. The bartender is so good and like and like thoughtful. I don't know. It just feels like a really warm place. So that's, uh, nice. I wasn't going to say it because then I give it away, but I'll share it with you. 
<laughs> well, thank you. And the thousand Thanks people that's about to hear this podcast. <laughs> thank you both so much this was such a wonderful conversation and you both have such lively spirits uh, thank you for joining us on this episode kiana did you have any last questions that you wanted to ask no but i also want to thank you both so much this was an amazing conversation your energies are right in line with me and misty it felt Great. And I've learned a lot. I appreciate you both for all that you provided today. Yes. So we kind of and balance you guys. So I'm with Misty and you with Camille. <laughs> yep. 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 Absolutely. I think so. Misty is I love like, it. Let go. And I'm like, oh, hold on. Where's the map? Like, I, I'm so yeah. sad. I can't get lost. We have all the snacks is the real question. No, like, Misty, I've seen the outcome before the barriers. I'd be like, oh, look at my beautiful right. 100 acres over here. Right. Absolutely. Because that helps you jump over the barriers, right? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like. And I'm like, do you see that hole in the in the quicksand? And the, like, let's just make sure we know where they have. Right. I yeah. love it. Absolutely. I know what we usually do with folks that um, come on to our shows, we give an opportunity. If you have any initiative or anything that you're working on, any project or anything, if you want to shout out anything or social media, is there a way for us to find you? Yeah, I like to shout out to thecompletenutrition.com. I just started to kick off a a company called thecompletenutrition.com. And the whole idea is to provide holistic nutrition counseling and therapy to our people to help them get to the way they want to go. Um, I want to give a shout out to Eco City because without them, this I wouldn't have met Dr. Castillo. You know, when our first like Zoom meeting with all of everyone, the boxes kept coming up and I was like, oh my God, there's so many Black women in this program. Like, of course, this is exactly where I need to be. So um, shout out to everyone in our class. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, I just wanted to say that I do. Um, I like I said, I'm part of a, a social club called Shanklin Hall. So you can find Shanklin Hall on Instagram. We're all about creating space for yeah, young black folks and older black folks, all of us to get together. Sometimes that looks like a party. Sometimes that looks like a meal. Sometimes that looks like just conversation. So that that's it. And thank you all so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. Let us know what you think about this episode. Follow us on Instagram at HWB Podcast. You can also email us at healingwhileblackpodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give a big thank you to our guests for joining us today and make sure to check out the show notes for more information. This podcast series is created by Healing While Black LLC as a partnership with the Healing While Black Podcast and EcoCity Farms with special funding from the USDA-financed Beginner Farmer and Rancher Development Training Program. Every effort has been made to appropriately credit the sources. The contents of this podcast episode reflects the opinions and experiences of the speakers and podcast hosts and does not necessarily reflect the views of EcoCity Farms or USDA. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.